Hey, Changemakers, welcome back to the Engage for Good podcast. I'm your host, Allie Murphy. And in a flip of the script, today I'm actually the guest. I was recently hosted on Submittable's Impact Audio podcast to talk about the people, ideas, and resources propelling CSR and social good. I chatted with Submittable's host and special projects editor, Rachel Mandel, about the good work and bright ideas transforming CSR for the better. And today, I want to share that conversation with you. So in today's episode, we'll explore why social impact practitioners need a community and how Engage for Good helps, how conversations about social impact and CSR are different this year, the concept of employees as a cause and examples of this in action, trust-based philanthropy and other sector-wide transformations gaining steam, and where our sector is headed. And with that, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to Impact Audio, a podcast looking to listen deeply and share the wealth. I'm Rachel Mandel, and for this episode, I talked with Absolute Dynamo Allie Murphy, Director of Events and Program Development at Engage for Good. We discuss the present and future of corporate social impact. Do take a moment to learn more about Allie and her great work on the webpage for this episode, because we're going to dive right in. Thanks for listening. Hi, Allie Murphy. So fantastic to be with you today on Impact Audio. How's it going? It's a great day. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. We are excited to have you. So you're a podcast host yourself. Um, As part of the Engage for Good podcast, you've spoken with incredible people, including leaders from Big Brothers, Big Sisters of America, Boys and Girls Clubs of America, Google, IBM, PayPal, Subaru, Ulta, the list goes on. So I'm so curious, like, how does it feel to be on the other side of the conversation today? You know, honestly, it feels a little strange. I like have my whole setup of what I do beforehand and it is turned on its head today. So I'm super excited to be here and to see what the other side of this looks like a little bit. Oh, I have a, I have a really good feeling about it. Um, so can we start off by having you tell our listeners about Engage for Good? Yeah, absolutely. So Engage for Good, it's taking me a while to like, in a nutshell, explain what we do. But we're a professional development organization that shares kind of trainings and best practices in CSR and corporate social impact. And so our content really revolves around how businesses and nonprofits can activate both employees and consumers to make a difference in the world. So in a nutshell, we help leaders at both of those, at businesses and nonprofits, access the tools, the resources, and events that help them advance their careers, campaigns, and organizations. We are best known for our annual conference, which actually this year is headed back to being in-person, which I am super excited about. So we will be yes. in Atlanta in May. And we're also well known for our Halo Awards program, which is an awards program that recognizes incredible corporate social impact campaigns. And we're going to announce the winners at conference in May. Fantastic. That's that's exciting. That'll be so nice to get back in person with people, I'm sure. So tell us, tell us about your role at Engage for Good or EFG. <laughs> yes, we, we call it EFG. So I am the director of events and program development, which really means I touch a lot of different sides of the business. So I host our podcast, Engage for Good Podcast, as you mentioned. I oversee all of the planning and marketing for our annual conference, our webinars, our membership community. I manage all of our sponsor relationships. I touch a lot of different things. And I I think I have so many hats because we are, as we like to say, a small but mighty team. 
So our conference usually brings in about 600 people. We've got the awards program. We've got over 1,000 people in our membership community. And we are an incredible team, but a small team of four people. Wow. Oh, my gosh. People are usually surprised when they're like, your team is house mom? Like, yes, I have a fabulous team. That is is absolutely incredible. So... I'm curious what you think the biggest challenges are for social impact professionals and then sort of how EFG tries to help. Ooh, okay. So there's a couple that come to mind. One is that I think it can be really hard to figure out how to do things differently, how to improve something, how to iterate it, maybe when you hit a roadblock, when you're talking to the same people at your organization time and time again. And that's not to say that it's a bad thing, but when you're all used to the same conversations and you're in the same organization, it can be harder to think outside the box. And so one of the things that I think is incredibly beneficial is we provide a platform both at conference or in our member mastermind groups where people come together. So maybe it's business leaders come together and nonprofit leaders come together separately to talk about what's going on, what's working, what's not working, what issues they're facing. And in a member mastermind, you've got an hour and a half where you get to kind of brainstorm back and forth with people. And then I actually see emails in my inbox in between meetings where someone says, hey, I have a really big question about point of sale fundraising that we're looking to do X and we can't figure this out. How have others done that? And so this idea of being able to brainstorm with others and get advice from others that you don't typically talk to and maybe in even different industries or a completely different model that they use. So that's one. I think another kind of building on that is a lot of conferences have some huge heavy hitter speakers. So a Brene Brown and Adam Grant, Malcolm Gladwell, et cetera. And don't get me wrong, these people are fabulous. I would love to go sit in at a conference where one of them speaks. But I think one of the things that's different about Engage for Good is our focus on practitioners. So attendees are practitioners, yes, but so are our speakers. Every single one of them has been where the people in the seats are currently. So the idea there is we want to help kind of bridge the gap between where you are now and where you want to go and have leaders come in and share Not just that they did something incredible and raised a ton of money or made a huge impact, but really how they did it and the lessons that they learned along the way. So I think those are those would be two big ones. How do you think the conversations this year about social impact are different from the conversations you've had in previous years at the conference? Oh, my gosh, this is such an interesting question, because I think little things shift little by little over time or throughout a year. And then you look back two years later and it's like, wow. This has changed a lot. So one one that comes to mind is kind of the prominence of DEI. And so in the sense that it's moving from what was what I would call more of a like a cause area, like we're going to have a program about this. Or we're going to have a partnership that focuses on this, which still happens, but moving from more of just a cause area into that and kind of business as usual. So having this implemented in your hiring practices, having a diverse board, having it talked about in kind of internal communications, external communications, and having it transfer from something that was like, okay, this is a a nice to do where we should be doing this into, no, this is how every organization should be doing things, whether it's from the business side or the nonprofit side. So that shift would be a big one. Another one that's really interesting to me is I think we're heading out of the worst of COVID, but the impact that it's had on all of us as individual people and as organizations, I think is yet to be fully realized. But one of the things that's come to the foreground is this idea of employees as a cause. And so in our space, 
whether a company is working with its own foundation or a nonprofit partner, they're typically, not always, but typically thinking about something more external as a cause. But with the pandemic and being remote and talking about mental health challenges and seeing little kids run into Zoom meetings or dogs or somebody like something barking, moving trucks, we've had a very different lens into people's lives over the last two years. And I think it's opened doors for people to have tough conversations about what do we need to do to support employees? How do we show up? And then changes like professional athletes coming out and talking about mental health challenges or different business leaders saying, we're going to take care of our people and this is how we're going to do it has really shifted into a different expectation for companies in terms of taking care of their employees. Mm, I love that. I'd love to hear a little more about that idea of employees as a cause. Could you offer any um, specific examples or advice on how to approach this? Yeah. So one of these is actually, I love the name of them. So the first one is is called Kindness Bombs. So Gas South is a company out of Atlanta. I actually hosted Carly Stevens, their community affairs manager on the podcast know, a year ago or something at this point. But what they realized is, especially in, in kind of the thick of the pandemic, as we were getting into the worst and worst times of it, they realized that they needed to be able to take care of their own people before they asked their people to go take care of somebody else from a social impact perspective. So Carly worked with leadership and came up with this idea of what am I going to do with my budget? So she took her budget and had the entire organization from the top down kindness bomb their direct reports, which basically meant they used that budget and they did something for their direct report that said, I see you, I care about you, it's a challenging time. So it might have been having, well, this was during more worse of COVID, so like here's a pass to go virtually visit an aquarium. Or if you've got a big family and it's you want to have a family dinner, here's a giant Uber Eats gift card. So it was really specific to those individual employees. And it was a surprise. And so as it cascaded down, the whole thing was a secret until every single one of their employees went through it. I think another one is, have you heard of the paid week off? I feel like I've been seeing that on on LinkedIn, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Probably on LinkedIn. Yeah, there's news articles that have gone out. A lot of organizations in more of the thick of COVID were like, our people are burnt out. And in an effort to mitigate that, not that a paid week off solves everything, but it does help. A lot of companies, I think Bumble did it, LinkedIn did it, um, the Trevor Project did it for a lot of their people. And then this was another podcast episode, Phil Hayde, who's the founder of Public Inc., which is an agency, he did it with his team. So I hosted him on the podcast to talk about what inspired you to do this? Why was it important? How did you get buy-in from the rest of your team? And then what I was most curious about, too, is how did you actually make it happen? Like you're going to give your whole team a week off. How do you structure that? How do you tell your clients? How do you not have things go up in flames? And it was it was like, you know, you, you plan and it's actually pretty easy. So those are both really neat. One that I saw a few weeks ago that I don't know much about, but Kimpton Hotels and Restaurants partnered with Talkspace to provide therapy to all of its guests and employees. So I'm going to look at that one a little bit more. But those are kind of some actual examples of how people have done this. And of course, there's a thousand more In terms of advice, I think some of these or some things that you could do would be big programs that involve HR teams or a big amount of leadership buy-in or maybe a lot of money. But there's probably something that each of your listeners could do tomorrow or next week to start making their lives better, their team's lives better, direct reports lives better, whatever that might be. So I think it's about first understanding what your team wants and needs and then what would be helpful to them. And that usually involves asking. Like, I'm not a mind reader. I don't I don't know about you. Are you a mind reader? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> no. So I think it's about asking your team and having those conversations. And then once you have some of those answers, doing things about them. So some ideas might be actually encouraging vacations and then setting up structures where people can be fully off and not even on their email when they're on PTO. If you haven't had a conversation about goals, have one of those and get that scheduled on the books. Make sure you're setting clear priorities. And if your team's having trouble prioritizing, help them learn how you do it so that they can do it themselves. And another one that I'm a big fan of and I do is I actually put my lunch on my calendar. Doesn't mean it doesn't get booked over sometimes, but it's a, hey, this is Allie recharge time. I need a break. I know you're all human. You probably do too. And it's it's starting to act in the ways that you want to help your team feel empowered to act as well. Right. Absolutely. Like you, you set an example and you give them permission to, mm-hmm. to practice self-care. Yeah. Because I think it's easy to say, oh, well, you can do this. But if your leaders or your boss isn't doing it themselves and it's like, okay, you said this, but did you really mean it? And maybe they did, but kind of leading by, what is the word I'm looking for? Leading by doing. Yeah. That's not quite right. You know what I mean, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Leading through action or um, mm-hmm. walking the talk. That's one of my there favorite ones. There we go. <laughs> yes. Wow. So, uh, man, you talk to such interesting people. Um, you've mentioned a couple episodes I definitely want to check out, and I would encourage other people to listen as well. What are some of the most interesting or surprising conversations you've had in the last year about? And, and as a follow-up, um, if on any of them, there are some actionable takeaways, like the ones you just shared with us, that would be fantastic. So a two-parter. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I think this is hard because I don't think there's a single podcast episode that I've recorded where I haven't learned something or there hasn't been kind of a, oh, that's fascinating moment. Um, So that's a challenging question. But if I had to pull some out, I did an episode that I think was called Transformative Travel with Away and Global Glimpse. So clearly it was with Away, which is a global lifestyle brand, and then Global Glimpse, which is a nonprofit that helps youth, diverse youth access international travel experiences or during COVID, some that were um, virtual. And so Eliza Pursuit is their founding executive director. And then Kelsey Todd is the senior manager of social impact on the OA side. And we had an awesome conversation. Like, you know, those conversations where things are just kind of rolling and it was lovely. I'm getting head nods. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so they talked about a lot of different things. Their campaign included financial support, in-kind donations, consumer engagement, a bunch of employee engagement. But Kelsey brought up, so Kelsey from the away side brought up this conversation of what are we besides this one partnership? So this is a kind of newer social impact program. They're more getting started on their journey instead of a massive corporation that's been doing this for a long time. But who are we besides this one partnership? What do we stand for outside of that? Who else do we want to work with? And how does that fit into our larger mission and goals? So if you are just on the more getting started side, and they're not fully getting started, but more on that side rather than I've had partnerships for 70 years, looking at, okay, one partnership is great, and how can we grow and expand from this as well? So she brought that part up, and Eliza on the flip side, well, both of them, but Eliza talked about the importance of developing strong relationships. So relationships between the execs and those that are actually carrying out the social impact work great relationships between the nonprofit team and corporate partners and vice versa, and that building this foundation of kind of trust and collaboration enables for much better programs. 
And so they talk about creating the space where both sides of the table can come and bring issues. And so Kelsey has this example of she's like, okay, I'd love to do an employee engagement program for X amount of people, and I'm not going to get all the numbers, right? And we'd love to do this. And instead of just leaving it at that and expecting Eliza to do something about it, her next question was literally saying, is this helpful to you? Before we go any further, is this idea interesting? Does it actually align with your goals? Because I think there's times where like a business might come to a nonprofit and say, okay, we want an employee engagement program for 150 of our employees, but it may not actually be as helpful to the nonprofit. So how do you have these conversations built on a relationship of trust where you can actually talk about this and then deviate from plan one into something that actually works for both of you? So that's one. Do you want another? Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay, so another one is about innovation and kind of foster, not kind of, definitely fostering a culture of psychological safety. So Virginia Martinez and I actually worked together in my days at UC Berkeley Exec Ed, and then she moved to innovation firm IDEO. And there are so many great nuggets of wisdom from this episode, um, but a couple of them are kind of this concept of reframing innovation as creative problem solving. Because That's what it is, but the terminology can sound a lot less intimidating to people, or it doesn't have to be like, we need an entire innovation department. She's like, you can innovate in an expense report. So it's it's kind of the framing piece. And innovation is essentially, or creative problem solving, if we're going that route, is essentially asking people to change and to bring up new ideas. And in order to do so, they have to feel comfortable, secure, safe enough in their role, in their workplace, on their team to actually do that. And so she shared a series of five questions that she asks when she works with clients, but that you can also ask yourself and your team. And then once you have the, she's got tips for getting started and actually making an impact on those answers. One actual, so yeah, the question, all five of them, we can link to in the show notes. But one of the takeaways from that that I found really interesting is go into a project with the assumption that your first idea is not going to be your best idea. It's not going to be perfect. And in fact, kind of expect that. Give yourself the ability to say, okay, this is draft one and grow from there. And another one is this idea of creativity, which actually sounds strange to me, but creativity typically does better within constraints. So give yourself a deadline. Give yourself a budget. Maybe it's a small budget and see how creative you can get. And that, yeah, I think both of those, and there's so many more, but those are probably my top two. Okay, and one last one, because I have a really hard time narrowing it down. I recently hosted, or at least at time of recording, Sharon Carlson from the World Wildlife Foundation on the podcast, which was kind of like a childhood dream of mine. I didn't know I was going to host a podcast someday, but that was a brand that I followed as a kid. And so we talked about the three pillars of effective employee engagement programs and the variety of ways in which they work with their corporate partners. And it's well, by the time this airs, it will actually be up. But that was a phenomenal conversation that had so many key takeaways that I would highly recommend people listen to as well. Oh my gosh, such rich, amazing content. Um, I I was going to ask you sort of like what's on the horizon. So you gave us a little teaser right there, which is fantastic. Um, anything else that people should look out for? That's a great question. Typically on the Age for Good podcast, we focused more on 
specific campaigns and partnerships, how they came to be and what attendees can learn from them and the people that have brought them to life. But I've also started to pepper in some more kind of deep dive topics like how to foster a culture of psychological safety and the three pillars of employee engagement that are not just campaign focused, but are a little bit more broad. Um, And I want to have some more of those. So some about measurement and reporting out on ESG and CSR, Maybe how to structure and staff your team, which I think is a really interesting topic given the great resignation. And it's a topic that comes up in our member mastermind. So how do you actually do this effectively? What works? Um, And then best practices for maybe selling internally and getting leadership buy-in. So I would invite any of your listeners who have ideas or know of someone they're like, this person would be fabulous to reach out to me on LinkedIn and let me know. Okay, but there's a catch. Don't. Please don't. Send me a cold podcast pitch. If I'm being honest, I'm not going to read it. I might like look at the headline and be like, nope, there's nope, this isn't going to happen. Tell me why you think it would be interesting or why it would be a good fit for Engage for Good and bonus points if you reference a past episode. So cold pitch that you just hit send, kind of like a resume or cover letter. You're not going to send the same resume to every job. Don't send the same podcast pitch. But I'd love to chat with you if you're excited about any of that come prepared. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Um, Okay. So where do you think social impact sector is headed? You know, just a light question to close us out, you know. (laughs) No pressure. Okay. Well, oh, I love this question. I think one, one way that we're headed is this expansion of major cause areas. So historically, major cause areas have been around diseases or hunger. Some of them have been about wildlife or sustainability. But as we talked about a little bit earlier, some of these are kind of historically taboo if we're talking about mental health or there's actually a lot of partnerships that are happening in the cannabis industry, which wouldn't have happened a long time ago. And actually this year, our Golden Halo Award winner for nonprofits, which is our highest level of award, is for the Trevor Project. They are the winner. And the Trevor Project, if people aren't familiar, is the world's largest suicide prevention and crisis intervention organization for LGBTQ youth. Also was not something that organizations wanted to partner with in the past. So kind of this idea of really anything can be a cause now. And I think that's really important. And I hope we see more and more of that. Another one is I think there's more and more integration. So CSR used to sit, CSR, social impact, community affairs, purpose, whatever you call it at your company, used to sit in more of a silo. And so typically they're smaller teams. Sometimes they're big. At a way, it's a social impact team of one. Summer's teams of two. But now there's a much bigger integration with the marketing team, with the sales team, even with HR. And in some cases, even executive pay is being tied to CSR or sustainability outcomes. So more integration as both employees and consumers expect this from more and more companies. One more is kind of this idea of moving from more transactional campaigns into transformational ones. And so transactional would be this idea of, okay, I'm a company and I'm going to give you a $50,000 check. Congratulations, which is great. I mean, money is important. It gets things done, especially if it's unrestricted. But there's a lot more that can be done as well. And so nowadays, I think we see a lot of partnerships where there is that kind of check component, but there's also something that makes it a multi-year, more robust campaign that doesn't just give money, but it engages consumers. Maybe it engages employees. It runs multiple times a year. Maybe there's point of sale. There's a lot more that goes into campaigns now. Another, the last one I think is great for everybody in this field because 
as the kind of great resignation, or as I like to call it, the great reshuffling is happening, a lot of people, I mean, work-life balance is important. There's a lot of things that are important, but one of the ones that kind of ranks high on that list when people are surveyed is feeling like their job has a purpose or that their company or nonprofit is giving back in some way. And so if you work in the social impact field, you already have that box checked off. It's about communicating it well, but I think there's a lot of potential for people to end up with some great hires in this space. What do you think? Oh my gosh, yes. I think um, I am excited for that future that you've laid out. Um, and Me too. Yeah, <laughs> it's bright. Um, well, it has been so lovely talking to you today. We will provide links for you in the episode notes so that you can check out these great episodes so that you can find out more about the Engage for Good um, conference, which remind me the dates. Oh, I don't know that I actually ever said them. It's in May. So May 17th okay. through 19th in Atlanta. So, Allie, I'm going to um, follow your model a little bit and end with a couple <laughs> questions that that you tend to end your podcast with. And the first would be, um, what do you enjoy most about your job? Okay, see, so when I ask that of people, I don't realize how big of a question it is sometimes. <laughs> I, there's probably a lot of things. One of the things that I enjoy most about my job might sound cliche, but honestly, it's it's the podcast and it's webinar planning and it's kind of speaker content calls before conference. It's having conversations with leaders in this field about what they're doing, what's working, what's not working, and then processing through and strategizing together into how do we create something really compelling that's actually going to help a ton of people. So how do we take what you've already done successfully and then morph it, package it, whatever you might call it, and turn that into a fantastic finished product that's going to help people advance their <laughs> careers, campaigns, and organizations. Absolutely. That sounds like the, the the move from transactional to transformative. That sounds like a transformation to me. As, as... Oh, yeah. I like that. So if people want to find out more about Engage for Good, um, what, what should they do? Yeah, great question. So Engage for Good, you can find us, I mean, on all social platforms, but easiest is just engageforgood.com. And then the podcast is actually the exact same name. It's the Engage for Good podcast. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. So wherever you like to listen to podcasts, go find that. And if you're interested in chatting with me and you've got ideas for the show or just want to say hi, etc., you can find me on LinkedIn, Allison Murphy. And if you type in Engage for Good, I should pop up. <laughs> Great. Um, well, this was so much fun. Thank you for spending time with us. Thank you for um, taking the other other side of the mic um, for a day. It was really wonderful. We appreciate it. Well, thank you, Rachel. It was lovely to be on this side and it was a fun conversation. Thanks for having me. For sure. Take care. You too. Thank you, listener, for your time. There are so many great resources for you to check out in our episode notes, including details on the EFG conference and links to all the conversations Ali referenced. Very good stuff. Impact Audio is edited and produced by Jordan Marvin, Laura Steele, and yours truly. Submittable is a cloud-based social impact platform designed to help your team make better decisions and have a bigger impact. We'd love to partner with you to maximize social good and create lasting change through smarter technology. Find out more at submittable.com. And until next time, take good care.